What's up, everybody? You're listening to Checking for Jesus, where I try to decode biblical principles from the random happenings in my life. I'm your host, Crystal Meanwhile, and every Wednesday, I'll tell you a story about something that made me say, Jesus, is that you? I promise you're going to laugh and learn at the same time. If we all get better at recognizing Jesus in the details of our lives, we become more sensitive to his presence and ultimately more inclined to do what he says. So, Crystal, meanwhile, what are we talking about today? What's up, everybody? Today, we're talking about the electric burner. In case you haven't heard me say by now, I have four children, three girls and one boy. My oldest is 19. Following her is my soon-to-be 12-year-old daughter, followed by my soon-to-be 10-year-old son, and lastly, my soon-to-be 5-year-old daughter. There are times when my day starts very early, around 4.30, and on a normal day, I get home around 6.15 p.m. I teach high schoolers during the day, and my days get pretty long. After a while, it all becomes exhausting. Needless to say, there have been several nights, school nights, when I've come home, ordered a pizza, and went straight to bed. On one particular night like this, I ordered a pizza, set the pizza on the stove for the kids to serve themselves. I did not pass go. I did not collect $200, nor did I put a house on Park Place. I went straight to bed. I'm not out when I do go to bed. I don't normally fall into like a really good deep sleep, but I am in the bed and it feels great. Right about 8 p.m., my 11-year-old comes up the stairs and she says super casually, Mom, I think the pizza box is burning. And I sit up out of the bed and I'm like, huh? She responds so calmly, I think it's on fire like maybe Kennedy, that's my oldest, was trying to turn on the kettle, but she turned on the wrong burner. Since she said the word burning, I started smelling the air to see if the burn had traveled up the steps. Not yet. So I get out of the bed, head downstairs to the kitchen, and I see the smoke coming out the sides of the pizza box. I know enough to not open the box because oxygen fuels fire. My first instinct is to get the box outside so nothing inside the house would catch fire. Before you applaud my quick thinking, here's where all of my genius goes out the door. I opened the sliding door to the deck and I set the box on the deck floor. You know, the wooden deck floor? I somehow forget how much more oxygen is outside than inside, so the smoke coming out the side of the box turns to flames. So I started telling my kids, bring me water, bring me water. And after enough dousing, the fire was extinguished. Tragedy averted. The very next thing I did was put on some sweats and drove straight to Lowe's for two things. One, a fire extinguisher, so we're more prepared in case this happens again. And second, a big box fan to get the smoke out of the house. On the way, I kindly asked Jesus, Is that you? What is the meaning of this? You know how exhausted I am, God. Why did you put a fire on my schedule this evening? Why are we on the way to the store and you know it's 20 degrees outside? Jesus, what are we talking about? Jesus kindly told me he wanted to bring something to my attention. I almost fixed my mouth to suggest the many other ways he could have gotten my attention, but I stopped myself and simply said, I'm listening. He went on to explain the super simple principle that I'm going to relay to you all today. Now, I've lived with gas and electric stoves. The stove I have at home is electric. It's black. It has a flat cooktop surface, which means you don't see the burners and there are no drip pans. Whether you have a gas range or an electric cooktop, there are little diagrams next to the knobs that tell you which burner you're going to activate by turning the knob. Now, I've been cooking for over 25 years, and I still look at the little diagram to know which burner I'm getting ready to power up. 
The thing about the flat cooktop surface is that you can't see the burner turn on once the pot is in place. You can see the fire on a gas stove and on a non-flat electric stove, you can see the burner turn red, but on a flat top, it's hard to verify. On one hand, I don't want to turn it on without the pot on the burner because I risk burning myself. And yet, on the other hand, I want to be able to trust my ability to follow the simple diagram without looking to verify. Needless to say, there are times when I still get it wrong. On this day, my 19-year-old daughter got it wrong too. She mistakenly turned on the burner underneath the pizza box instead of turning on the burner underneath the kettle behind it. She turned the knob and walked away, waiting for the whistling kettle to signal her return. Normal behavior when you think you've got the right burner. So, Cristal, where are we going with this? What she did was a reflexive action, something you do out of habit. So let's talk about reflexes. You know I'm a nerd, so here's a little science for you. According to Physiopedia, a reflex is an involuntary and nearly instantaneous movement in response to a stimulus. The reflex is an automatic response to a stimulus that does not receive or need conscious thought as it occurs through a reflex arc. Mm -hmm. Reflex arcs act on an impulse before that impulse reaches the brain. This is why the response is so fast. Mm -hmm. There are three main types of neurons, sensory, motor, and relay. Mm -hmm. These different types of neurons work together in a reflex action following this general sequence. There's a stimulus that triggers the receptor, that triggers the sensory neuron, that triggers the relay neuron, that triggers the motor neuron, that triggers an effector, that triggers the response. Here's an example. There's a hot iron. You touch it. The hot plate on the iron is the stimulus. That stimulus triggers the receptor in the skin, which detects a change in temperature. That receptor triggers the sensory neuron, which sends electrical impulses to a relay neuron in the spinal cord. Relay neurons connect the sensory neurons to a motor neuron, so the relay neuron transmits information to the motor neuron. The motor neuron sends those electrical impulses to an effector, in this case, your finger. The effector produces a muscular response, so your finger contracts to remove itself from touching the hot surface of the iron. Stimulus receptor, sensory neuron, relay neuron, motor neuron, effector, and response. In order to connect the burning pizza box to reflexes, we've got to go to the Bible. What is a reflexive action for a believer? It's doing or saying the Christian thing because you've been doing or saying it forever. It's in the way we say grace. It's how we show up in church on Sundays. It's reading the Bible but skipping over numbers because it's a little too confusing to follow. This is how we go to church with deaf ears. You'll know you're going to church reflexively when you become a hearer of the word and not a doer of the word. Sometimes we do the reflexive action to get what we need, like when you pray to get that new job you've interviewed for, or gas and inflation skyrocket and you pray for extra money to come from anywhere to help you keep up. We reflexively pray in moments of crises. The book of James is full of all kinds of wisdom regarding faith and works. It describes how faith has to work, produce, and make itself visible. Verbal faith is not enough, and mental faith is insufficient. Genuine faith inspires and empowers godly action. Hearing the word and doing the word goes hand in hand. In James chapter 2, verse 26, it says, For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. Our reflexive actions can look like faith without works. True story. I needed to pass an exam. I say a prayer before I walk in. I take the test. I hope for the best. Maybe I pass. Maybe I don't. Whether I pass or fail is insignificant in this example. The works part of faith is how I spent my time preparing for the exam. 
Did I study or did I cram? Did I spend time reviewing the information I needed to know in the weeks leading up to the exam to imprint the information on my brain? Was I willing to do the work required for my faith to be proven? I did a portion of it. I went into an exam with half-dead faith because I had only put in half-effort work. I ended up passing the exam only because God had mercy on me enough to give me a question that required a written response that I would be able to answer at length, like with my eyes closed. But that was the kindness of God that I instantly recognized and thank Him for. Luckily for us, we have the ability to modify a reflex action and overcome it. But this requires a commitment from your brain in order to become a learned behavior. So Jesus always wants us to take a second look or listen. Sometimes we can hear a verse we've heard plenty of times and tune out because we think we know everything there is to know about the verse, especially if you've grown up in church. It's not far-fetched that you've heard some passages or stories preached a hundred times. My daughter has cooked on the stove enough times to know which knob activates which burner, so she felt like she didn't need to look at the little diagram and went about her way. But the consequences of not taking an extra second look to verify could have cost us all. The consequences could have been tragic. This week, I just want you to go slower, look longer, and listen intently to what God is trying to tell you. The consequences of having a reflexive relationship with God is described in Hebrews 5, where the author is talking about the characteristics of a high priest and how Jesus was the ultimate high priest. I'm going to start at verse 11. We have much to say about this, but it is hard to make it clear to you because you no longer try to understand. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk being still an infant is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Don't let your relationship with God fall into a routine so much so that you end up living on God's word in milk form. Be careful not to set your journey with Christ on cruise control. He wants a relationship with you. God likes QT time. He likes to spice things up and he likes impromptu ways of letting them know that he was on your mind. Don't just relegate him to being a reflexive response to your crises. He's our savior, but way more than a superhero. He's our Lord. But he's not a dictator or an elitist. More than anything, he wants to be a friend. Oh, what a friend we have in Jesus. John fifteen fifteen says it this way. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. Jesus relays what God wants us to know. James 2.23 says, And the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness, and he was called a friend of God. By belief and through faith manifested in our actions, we are called friends of God. Israel Halton sang a song called I'm a Friend of God. When you finish listening to this podcast, I want you to look it up and listen to it. Here's the opening verse. Super simple words that carry so much weight. Who am I that you are mindful of me, that you hear me when I call? Is it true that you are thinking of me? How you love me is amazing. This week, all week, I want to challenge you to be a little more intentional with God when you do little things that you do all the time, like say your grace. When you read a Bible quote from your IG feed, don't quickly breeze over and keep scrolling. Hide that little word in your heart and go the extra mile by thinking about all the ways that applies to your life for the rest of the day. Read a Bible passage and write a short reflection. Check for Jesus in a new way this week. He's going to appreciate it for sure. Y'all checking for Jesus or not? I hope you all laughed and learned something today from this episode of Check It For Jesus. I want to hear about the random happenings in your life that's got you wondering, Jesus, is that you? 
Get in my DM on the gram at Checking for Jesus or visit checkingforjesus.com. If you like this episode, show some love in the ratings, tap the subscribe button, and put some wings on my hashtag, Checking for Jesus. Thank you for pushing play, and until next time, keep check, 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 check it for Jesus.